0: preserving access to all our nation's airports, what NBAA is doing to address this challenge at Van Nuys, Boston Logan, and other facilities, and what you can do to help those efforts. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. Our industry knows firsthand the importance of the local general aviation airport. It brings jobs and commerce to its community, enables critical humanitarian relief in times of crisis, and serves as a vital link in our national air transportation system. Sadly, we're also quite familiar with the various threats to such airports, whether it's from neighbor concerns about safety, noise, or emissions, or efforts to redevelop airport land for a new subdivision, strip mall, or office complex. Responding to those challenges is the mission of the NBAA Access Committee, but you may not know all that committee members are doing to preserve and protect airports across our country. Joining us to explain that mission is NBAA Access Committee Chair Jeff Smith, Helicopter Chief Pilot at ROP Aviation based at New Jersey's Tudorboro Airport. Jeff is also a past president of the Eastern Region Helicopter Council and continues to be active with that organization, as well as serving on the board for Helicopter Association International, or HAI. So Jeff, what does the NBAA Access Committee do? The mission is pretty much in its name, but it's...
1: uh. It's actually grows up from three different subworking groups, and they're those are the pillars of actually what makes NBA and national business succeed. And that's obviously airport access, airspace access, and how the weather um, interferes with either one of those other two pillars. Um, as you know, there's been a lot of uh, issues with airports and airport access. Um, There was a great campaign to privatize air traffic control, which would have hindered access for the business community and the general aviation community quite a bit. And, um, you know, so we have a very, very active committee making sure that we can continue uh, operating
0: the way we're used to. Also with us is Alex Gertzen, NBAA's Director of Airports and Ground Infrastructure and Staff Liaison to the NBAA Access Committee and the Airports Working Group. Alex, these are obviously important issues for business aviation, because without these airports, our industry simply can't provide its benefits to companies and communities.
2: Absolutely. Uh, As Jeff mentioned, uh, we need access to both airspace and uh, airports, and everything begins and ends uh, at an airport. So we need uh, at least two successful points in order to To make the jump from one uh, to the other so we need to make sure that the airport that we're initiating our flight at uh, has the facilities and the ability for us to fly when we need to and uh, also be able to go where we need to and arrive as close to our destination geographically by air as we can in order to get the most out of the investment that uh, nba members make into business aviation and that's what the committee and uh, our group work so hard on is to protect that and to advocate for that.
0: Our third guest, Gabe Andino, chairs the airport's working group and also serves as noise abatement and environmental compliance
3: manager for Teterboro Airport. The airport facilities is one of the key components uh, of access and within, within that, there's, there's several issues that come up. It could be an infrastructure issue, you know, constraints, community concerns, uh, you know, noise is, is one of the major ones. The political pressures as well uh, at different localities. So we, in in effect, focus on those either consulting on issues as they come up or, you know, working on proactive guidance, you know, different documents and guidebooks um, that that can uh, help to, to provide advocacy for airports. Gabe, I understand you're working on some new initiatives for 2020. Can you tell us a bit about those? Absolutely. We do a lot of work on the uh, NBAA Airports Handbook and Airport Advocacy Guide. Those are probably a couple of the uh, more popular publications, and they're we're split in two. Now, the handbook is, is uh, in effect, a resource, you know, has a lot of facts, figures, case studies. And, and you know, it's provi- you know we, we could provide these to elected officials or the news media, or other people of influence, you know, to provide them uh, information on the value uh, of business aviation. And with that, is, there's a companion guide as well as called the Advocacy Guide. And that provides uh, kind of a step-by-step guidance for those that want to uh, advocate for their local GA airport. And that that booklet will give you a little information on how to build community support, working with the media, getting your message across, and you know, and getting obtaining a- economic value of the airport for the region. You know, all these uh, all these elements that can uh, you know you can successfully advocate uh, for your airport. So. The new decade, you know, coming into view now. We're um, looking to refresh uh, a lot of what those books contain. A lot of them have a little bit dated uh, information and, and facts. So we're in a process of working with the writer and you uh, know, and, and collaborating. And we have uh, several people that that you know provide their their expertise and, and consult on on what's in the book. So we're in the process of both updating some of the data that's in there, trimming down, making it a little bit more streamlined, trimming down some of the text, adding more infographics and make it just easier to to pick up uh, the key facts, you know, at at a glance. And ultimately where where we're going with it is, besides the the books themselves, uh, there'll be a digital component. There'll be videos that'll be on the MBA website, you know, highlighting some of the airport case studies and success stories as well. There are several factors
0: that may conspire to hinder access to an airport. Jeff, I'd imagine noise is near the top of that list.
1: That's correct. Besides safety, which is the number one um, uh, priority in the business community, noise and managing noise is the absolute right behind number two. Uh, Most access airports that are under duress or with the threat of being closed or restricted all have to do with the noise and how the noise affects the noise affected around the airports and the arrivals and departures from those airports.
0: Another related aspect is the work the FAA is doing to optimize airspace over major cities and take advantage of next-gen navigation technologies. But Gabe, I understand the Southern California Metroplex project brought with it some unintended consequences.
3: Yeah, that's correct. It's been an ongoing issue the last few years with the Metroplex projects. and. Uh, where some of the uh, the flight paths, you know, using next gen technology, have become more, you know, more narrower in scope. Um, so we've had a lot of concerns from communities, a lot of a lot of people, both near airports as well as a little further away from from the major airports, that have uh, either seen an increase in, in air traffic over their head, or perhaps shifting a, a, a flight path where there's more air, air traffic over certain areas. So they've you know become very vocal, very organized, using social media and uh, other methods to basically voice their concerns. One example is in Van Nuys, because of course, you know, a lot of the centers around the major airports and commercial air traffic, but it does trickle down to to the GEA airports as well and affects, you know, how they operate. So... Ultimately, Van Nuys has seen a few changes in how, uh, you know, flight paths are used departing and arriving to the airport. And that's brought up, you know, s- several concerns from communities. And they- they've worked on uh, a number of methods. I mean, there's there's a little, so some limitations on what, what the airport can do to control our traffic. One of the methods suggested is to implement
0: voluntary nighttime curfews. Alex, I understand you met recently with officials to discuss such a program for Van Nuys Airport.
2: That's correct. La Los Angeles World Airport's, uh Board of Airport Commissioners held a meeting where they discussed the potential of instituting this voluntary curfew, and both myself and our Western Regional Representative, Phil Derner, were at that meeting, and we uh, spoke to the the commission, one of the many speakers uh, who were there, advocating for the commission to not pursue the voluntary curfew. It works at a number of airports, but in this case there are so few flights uh, at night that uh the curfew would not be impactful to achieve the results that the community desires what is happening there as gabe mentioned is metroplex The flight paths have changed and uh changing the the, the flight paths to better suit the community would would be the solution not the curfew that would ultimately restrict the operators even though it's voluntary we still want to make sure that it's realistic so that uh there could be high level of compliance and that it can be successful in terms of the perception from the community.
0: Jeff, this sounds a lot like what we saw a few years ago on the other side of the country at East Hampton Airport on Long Island.
1: So East Hampton, since 2001, they've been, been embattled by the noise community and a committee to stop airport expansion. And that has went through several different legal stages to for example, there was a settlement of, of getting of not enforcing some of the grant assurances, which allows for airport access. And the uh, town board that was elected back in 2014, or, um, actually came up with restrictions that they thought they were able to impose on the airport in 2015. And and those were all around uh, mandatory. Curfews. Uh, And then they actually split different aircraft into what they considered noisy and not noisy and applied different standards to them, which was completely outside of any any of the FAA guidance. So, uh, MBA, along with um, a lot of other folks, uh, actually had to take that to court and get all of those overturned because the town was not following ANCA, which in turn, now we are looking at those grant assurances running out in September 2021, which is just 18 months away. And the future of the airport is very much in up in our, and, uh, and we don't know which direction the town board's going to go, but we're working really hard with them to figure out if there's some solution that we can come up
0: with. And Gabe, I believe we're seeing yet another example of this now playing out with Reed Hillview Airport near San Jose, California.
3: Yeah, that's right. Reed Hillview is uh, also using this tactic of letting grand insurances, you know, expire, Still several years away. Looking at maybe twenty thirty one uh, before that happens. Uh, another example is Linden Airport in New Jersey. They're looking at doing the same thing. So this is something that, of course, is is a of great concern to NBAA, the bizav community in general. So it's it's something that we should definitely step up uh, as a group, not just NBA and the Access Committee, but. Uh, the airport users, anyone else that has a, an interest in, and even if you don't use those airports, step up efforts in, in um, letting elected officials, letting others know how important these airports are to to, you know, to stay open. Because over time, I mean, you, you start seeing these fields close or, or have, have, have these airports severely restricted that adds precedence for other places to look at and do the same, and then effectively impacting us in a negative manner. You know, Jeff,
0: Gabe just mentioned a great point. We tend to think about protecting our own local airports, the airports we use. But those facilities are part of the broader tapestry of the National Air Transportation System. And we really need everyone in this effort to defend and promote all of these airports, not just their local airfield.
1: That's 100% correct. It has to be a concerted effort throughout the entire nation because, as Gabe said, even though it may be not a legal precedent, although there are some, the local communities are taking them as precedent and they're looking at the uh, roadmap some of these other airports went to to include Santa Monica and East Hampton and they're using the same rule book try, saying that if we don't take grant assurances then we let those and we let those run out then we have more local control over our airport and depending on some of the smaller airports they may not have the resources to combat those kind of ideologies
0: Alex Jeff just mentioned what is probably the most well-known example right now of these efforts Santa Monica Airport Can you provide an update for our listeners about where we stand in that fight?
2: Santa Monica has been an access challenge uh, for business aviation for over 40 years, essentially since uh, we got into the jet age. The community that uh, is around the airport has started battling uh, to restrict access and to potentially close the airport altogether. As many listeners are aware, in 2017, uh, we have been dealt a blow by a secret agreement that was made between the FAA and the city. Now, what's important for everyone to understand is that agreement only gives the option for the city to close the airport at the end of 2028. Uh, we can still change the view of the citizens and the and the city council to keep the airport open well beyond that date. Unfortunately, what that agreement has also done is allowed the city to shorten the runway. And they've completed that project shortly after the agreement was signed in, uh, in 2017. And recently they removed the pavement at the end of uh, each end of the runway to make sure that uh, it does stay to be a 3,500 foot paved runway where it used to be close to 5,000 feet before. Um, I was at Santa Monica just last week. And uh, amazingly enough, these airports that are in battle, are so resilient. Uh, it, is, it continues to be a thriving airport, business aviation users are adjusting to the new runway length, and many operators have switched to aircraft that are capable of operating on a 3,500-foot runway, so there are still quite a few jets that are taken off, the flight training um, is, uh, is still uh, very much happening there, and when I visited the maintenance shops, they're continuing to stay busy, and everyone remains optimistic. So ultimately, as we talked about, uh, it's not just about those locally based in Santa Monica. We must all do our part to help those uh, airports around the nation that are are seeing challenges, even if we don't live in in the local area and continue to to support them, continue to to use them. And um, if we have the ability to come to the city council meetings, to airport commission meetings, make our voices heard, That's really where um, where we can achieve um, a lot of successes.
0: Alex, we've been talking about smaller airfields, but our industry has also seen business aviation operations restricted at larger facilities, like Boston's Logan International Airport.
2: Thank you for pointing that out, Rob. Um, Every airport that is in the national air transportation system is an important node for business aviation Earlier, we mentioned that it's all about getting as close to our final destination geographically as we can by air. And Boston Logan happens to be right next to downtown and is a very important location for business aviation access. Uh, Recently, the airport has experienced some tremendous growth on the airline side. And Massport, which is the Massachusetts Port Authority, the operator of the airport, has undertaken a major project that's going to last several years to expand the international terminal. That terminal happens to be right next to the signature general aviation ramp. And as construction efforts ramp up, a large portion of the area where GA aircraft used to be able to park will be taken away. And ultimately, the airport, uh, starting in October, has gone to a PPR program, prior permission required, where... Operators have to call in advance, make sure that uh, they reserve a slot on the ramp, uh, whether they're coming in for a few hours during the day or whether they're trying to overnight there. Boston is a great example where we've been working closely with the local uh, Massachusetts Business Aviation Association in partnership to work with Massport to make sure that uh, they don't lose sight how important general aviation is We've heard a lot of
0: examples today of airports facing restrictions on access. Gabe, what can our listeners do to help support the NBAA Access Committee and the airport's working group to counter such
3: restrictions? One real uh, good idea is to get involved in the, on the grassroots level um, locally at, at your, either at your, ba- at your home airport or an airport that you use frequently and participate in any community outreach events that they have, you know, ar- airport open houses or other, you know, other type of events, career days, type th- uh, things things of that nature, um, you know, put an air, have an aircraft out for static display, things like that. It has a dual dual purpose, you know, it makes it more accessible for, for the general public, for the neighbors of the airport, promotes the, the value of business aviation, and also um, could inspire someone to take off in, in a career in business aviation. You know, one of the, one of the other, besides access, another uh, key concern is, is, um, you know, hiring and work, work, uh, talent pipeline and, and retention. So getting those, getting folks, uh, invested and interested in aviation on a number of levels will be, you know, the net positive. Some of these issues that we're currently, uh, working on a couple different parts of the country, uh, you know, could potentially migrate elsewhere or be used, um, as, as a precedent elsewhere. So, um, you know, definitely be vigilant, just stay informed and, you know, wherever, wherever you can, even if it's a matter of participating in an airport open house or, or on your local level, um, reaching out to the airport manager, see, see if you can help help them uh, out with anything. Even the smallest things can go a long way to to help uh, maintain the viability of business aviation.
0: There's really nothing like being able to see airports and airplanes up close, is there, Jeff?
1: Absolutely. It's the it's the number one way for people to come out, enthusiasts, people that think the airport is important for whatever reason they may have, but it also, by showing that force and, and that Um, that excitement, it lets the local electeds know that the airport is important to people more than the folks that are calling them or emailing them telling them they want to get rid of it. Because it is a balance. If you don't go out and advocate by going to these kind of shows or going to the meetings that talk about airports, then the only people that are being heard is the people that want to close the airport. And that's that's, uh, just not where
0: we need to be.
2: Alex, your thoughts? I wanted to also add um, to the point that was made about aviation days. Uh, It's important that uh, we open our hangar doors, if we can, to allow people to see the business aviation aircraft. And uh, at a lot of these, we see uh, majority piston aircraft. If our members are able to bring their airplane or their helicopter to put it on display to tell the story of business aviation, that's uh, really important. And again, from my perspective, I would love to see more members attending the airport commission meetings, city council meetings in the locales where they're flying and doing business that's important to them to make their voices heard. It's easy for us to complain behind closed hangar doors, but our voices can make a big difference if we come to those meetings and and tell our story and how important the airport is to us and the impacts that our businesses are making in those uh, towns and communities.
0: You can learn more about the NBAA Access Committee at nbaa.org forward slash access. And for the latest developments regarding airports across our country, visit nbaa.org forward slash airports. Of course, operators who want to help are encouraged to keep their NBAA regional representatives informed about issues at their home base or the airports they frequent. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts and the App Store, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock, and thanks for listening to Flight Plan.